Be Christ's Church. Impact the valley. Reach the world. All for the glory of King Jesus. Welcome to the North Roanoke Podcast. Today, our lead pastor, Daniel Palmer, will be opening God's word for us. Our prayer is that you will encounter the living Lord as you hear his word proclaimed. Well, good morning and happy snow day to you and your family. While I had considered preaching the sermon that I had prepared for today online only, I've decided that that message is going to be best delivered when we are gathered again in person as a family. That is, after all, how sermons are intended to be delivered. So we'll hold off on that. But if you want to prepare for next Sunday, go ahead and take a look at Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. For announcements, I do want to continue with our lessons in the faith. I hope you're enjoying those, uh, both personally and individually, and also in your families. Uh, Our question today is this. How many persons are there in God? And our answer is this. There are three persons in the one true and living God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. It's a wonderful truth because God is triune. When Jesus, who is God's Son, came on a rescue mission from heaven, Jesus was and is God giving us Himself. Only God could satisfy God. And through Jesus, He has done that for us. Paul celebrates this reality in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 9 at verse 9 as he's urging the church to give generously and he writes these words for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich it's the greatest truth ever told that God became poor so that we could have his riches, and he's done this in Christ Jesus. It's, it's why we worship, and it's why we give as an act of worship. So today, as you see this live stream in your home, I want to encourage you to be mindful of the fact that, that ministry continues here in this building and out into the Roanoke Valley and around the world. And as we think about our global impact, today we have the privilege of praying for Travis and Beth Burkhalter, They are our missionaries through the International Mission Board, magnifying Christ in Colombia. They have embedded themselves in that country. Most of the people in Colombia speak Spanish, but they are reaching the Embra people, and they speak the Embra language, which is a language that has never been written down. So Travis is learning that language and recording it and writing it down. So one day, these people will have the scriptures in their own language. So we're going to take a moment, not only as we take time online to to give or to place a check um, later this week to bring it by the office or to drop it in the mail, Uh, we're going to take a moment to pray not only for our offering, but also for Travis and Beth. Would Would you join me now in doing that? King Jesus, we thank you that you voluntarily laid down your life so that we could have a share in it. We thank you for Travis and for Beth. God, they've heard the gospel. They've been rescued in the hearing of your word. And 
you have compelled them to go and to tell others. God, we pray for the Embra people that, that one day soon that they would hear of Jesus, that they would hear of him in their heart language, that they, that they would understand. God, we pray for Travis and Beth as they try to learn this language and to put it into writing. God, that you would give them just your presence and your power. God, that you would minister to them as they no doubt at times feel lonely uh, in a country where they're speaking already their, their second language of Spanish, now learning a third language. God, help them, we pray, to magnify Christ, aid them in their work. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your copy of God's Word nearby, please turn or scroll with me to Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11, and just, just hold your place there for a moment. For a moment. I want to begin by saying that I absolutely love a good, deep snow. A snow that shuts down everything for a little while. And I know that for many of you that, that may not be true. I, I know for some of you the last thing that you want to see is snow because it complicates your work or it makes it impossible to get out of the house. For those of you today serving us during times of winter precipitation, I want to say a wholehearted thank you. But for me, when, when I think of snow, I think of rest. I think of truly unplugging, of being with my family, and of listening to the still quietness that comes with a freshly fallen snow. I, I think of Elijah. When Elijah was, was on the run and Jezebel was seeking to kill him, God gave him rest. God didn't speak to him with a mighty wind or with an earthquake or with fire, but with a still, small voice. Our God is an infinitely great and big and powerful God, but our, our lives can sometimes be so fast-paced that it ends up taking an unusual quietness for God to capture our attention and to refresh our hearts. Maybe Maybe that's where you are this morning. Maybe you needed a day or a couple of days to just be still and know that God is God. If that's true of you, I hope perhaps this brief devotion, God, that God would use it in your life as a, a catalyst for that to happen. If we search the Bible for the word snow, you won't find it mentioned very often. But it is there. It's, it's used negatively to describe how leprosy would overspread a body like snow. So it would, it would overtake the flesh. And it's, it's used also positively to describe purity and cleansing. In, in Job chapter 9, Job says that even washing himself with snow wouldn't be enough for him to be qualified to reach God. But, but in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, the prophet promises that the Lord will make a way to purify his people, saying, though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. And in Psalm chapter 51, verse 7, the, the famous psalm that David prays after his great sin with Bathsheba, he says this, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. The Bible speaks of snow 
like leprosy covering us, damaging us. And leprosy is likened to sin. But on the other hand, snow is spoken of as, as purifying, as, as making us whiter than snow. The, the Bible also speaks of snow as an example of God's sovereign power in nature. Again, in the book of Job, chapter 37, Elihu says of the Lord, For to the snow, he says, fall on the earth, likewise to the downpour, his mighty downpour. And in Job 38, the Lord says to Job, Have you entered the storehouses of snow, or have you seen the storehouses of hail? Of, of course not. Only God has seen where snow and hail are stored up. The psalmist also recognizes God's sovereign powerful control over the snow when he says this in Psalm 148 verses 7 and 8. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word. As the snow falls, the earth is singing the praises of God. It is fulfilling the Word of God. Even the snow fulfills God's will. And this thought led me to think about this incredibly encouraging passage in Isaiah chapter 55. In Isaiah, when we come to the 55th chapter, God has spoken of His suffering servant. We know that this is King Jesus, the one who would come and serve the purposes of God the Father, and He would suffer and die. He would be pierced for our transgressions. And yet, He would be raised, He would conquer, He would be honored. Isaiah tells us that, that God would make a way of salvation for His people, even though at the time it seemed impossible. And after making that promise, we read these words from Isaiah chapter 55. Verses 10 and 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The work that God has for the winter precipitation today is not going to be immediately recognizable. But over time, the snow that we enjoy today is going to eventually contribute to, to new growth in the springtime, to flourishing, to grasses growing and to, to gardens growing, to robins singing, and ultimately to people having something to eat. As both a pastor and a Christian, there are times in my own life and in the life of the church that, that sometimes it just seems like there's not much that is happening. Before the last snow we had a couple weeks back, my father secretively put fertilizer on my lawn. Now, Right now, you can't tell the benefits of that. But in a few months, it means I'll be mowing my grass earlier than anyone else. And I'll be mowing it more frequently than anyone else. Thanks to my dad, J. Michael Palmer. Appreciate you, Dad. But why did my dad do that? 
because the snow that fell in time would push that fertilizer deep into the soil of my lawn, greening my grass and making my lawn healthy. God's word is like that. It takes time. It takes consistency. It requires that we not make ourselves open to a spiritual drought by coming to church and hearing the word once and then neglecting it for weeks on end. But God's word, when we are consistently exposed to it, does God's will in our lives. This is why we preach the Bible at North Roanoke Baptist Church. Everything begins and ends with the word of God. Jesus says it is by the word of God that we are sanctified. We are set apart as God's people by hearing and heeding the word. Psalm 147, 18 tells us that God's word melts hardened hearts. In 2 Timothy 3, 16, we learn that God's word corrects us. It reproves us. It trains us in righteousness. And who is righteousness? Ultimately, Jesus Christ is the one who is righteous. God uses the hearing of the word to make us more and more like Christ. So I don't know where you are this morning as the snow falls. But I want to remind you that even in seasons where it may not seem like much is happening, if you are making yourself open to the soul-shaping Word of God, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God that He authored to make you look more and more like Jesus. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says this, He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And get this, from right now until He calls you home or He comes again, Jesus does this work through the hearing of His Word. So as I close, I want to encourage you as the snow falls outside to let 2022 be a year in which the Word of God falls upon your heart like a refreshing snowfall. Trusting expecting, yearning, even when you can't see it, for God to do His work in your heart. Because you are the harvest. God's desire is like the Word being like snow falling upon you, that He would have the harvest, that it would not return void, but you would belong more and more to Him. As I close, I want to read to you an encouraging text message that I received last week following the sermon that I preached. And then I want to pray for us and send you out to enjoy the snow. This text message is from someone in our church family. She writes this. Good morning, Pastor. I'm sorry to randomly text and I hope it's okay. I just wanted to reach out and get some advice, I guess, or... Maybe just request your prayers. I've been struggling a little lately. More of an internal battle. I think the Lord has been tugging at my heart. In all honesty, I've been a Sunday Christian where I've come on Sunday and love to worship and learn. But then the rest of my week, I let my coworkers and the environment get the best of me and I know I'm not living for the Lord. 
And I don't want to do that anymore. A few Sundays ago, when Hobe was preaching, he said that God will chase you failure after failure. And that stuck with me. And then last Sunday, you said it's time to start living like even if you die, you're not going to die. And that also stuck with me. So driving to work this morning, I started praying and pouring my heart out to God. I felt overwhelming gratitude for the love and mercy and forgiveness that God continues to give me time after time. Ultimately, what I'm trying to say is I'm ready to live my life like nothing else matters but Jesus. And to be totally and completely honest, I don't know where to start. Brothers and sisters, we start with the Word of God. We let it fall on our hearts like fresh snow. And we trust that by His Word, the Holy Spirit will soften our hearts just like this lady. That where we've been bitter and we've not seen opportunity and all we've seen is reasons to complain and grumble, to be stressed out, worried and concerned, that we would rest in the fact that if we belong to Christ, as I said in that sermon and I'll say it again, because it's not my words, it's Christ, that if we're in Christ, we don't have to fear death. Even if we die, we live. That's the truth from God's Word. So this Sunday morning... I want to encourage you with every flake that falls to be reminded that though you are a vile and guilty sinner, through the blood of Christ, you can be washed as white as snow. And as you seek Christ in His Word, though it will take time, indeed it will take a lifetime, He will keep changing you more and more and more into the image of Christ. That's not my promise. It's the promise of God's word. Would you pray with me? God in heaven, I thank you for the work that you are doing in your church and in your people and in this pastor by way of your precious, holy, purifying word. God, I thank you that when we open your word and we come to it with expectancy that you show us Christ, God, I thank you when we come to your word and open it with honesty that we see ourselves as sinners and we see Christ as righteous and we, we are humbled all over again to know how great our need is for Christ. That we are humbled to see all over again that for as much sin as there is in us, there's even more mercy and grace through the blood of Jesus. So Holy Spirit of God, I pray this day in the quiet still of this day, Lord, that you would speak through your word, that you would be that still small voice that captures our attention, that brings us back to Christ and reminds us how loved we are in him and stirs our affections for Christ and leads us, God, not from complaining, leads us from complaining and grumbling, from feeling lost and undone, to feeling great and overwhelming gratitude and joy for how loved we are in Christ. 
And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the North Roanoke podcast. You can connect with us at northroanoke.org or download our app in your device's app store. Just search for North Roanoke. We hope to meet you soon.